Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We support our local team and our local brewery, Phantom Brewery, and they've decided to support us back and you guys by offering a 10% off code EPR10 when used on their website, phantombrew.com will get you 10% off anything you order this season. That code again, EPR10. Lafondra looking to get caught side of Fon. Lafondra away from David. 3-1 running. Three points running. Ho, ho, ho. Merry return of the Unpart Rules preview podcast. The weather outside may be frightful, but in here, the previewing is so delightful and all the more delightful because it's not just me, thank God. Just me like wittering away to myself for half an hour. No, it's it's uh, the venerable duo that is me. And James Earnshaw from the Reading Chronicle. Are you all fed up with the World Cup by now, James? Or uh, are you surprised at how quickly the leagues come around again and that the Royals are, are back in action so soon? Yeah, it's, it's gone quick. I mean, I, I had a week off because there's was, was not a lot sort of happening. So I had, I had a week annual leave, which was thoroughly enjoyable watching ball-to-ball football. Um, something very weird having to sort of semi-focus on Reading and England at the same time, mm. whether that be for just Saturday or, or hopefully beyond. But um, no, it's good to be back. I, I've missed the week-in, week-out dramas that are Reading Football Club. It's uh, been wall-to-wall ball, like you say, and it's quite refreshing because it's the first tournament I can remember in ages where both of the family teams, both England and Holland, have still got a horse in the game like by the quarterfinals, <laughs> which is really nice. So, uh, and, and, you know, talking about, you know, the Royal Connections and, and whatnot, like it, it, I, I read a stat going into the World Cup that Reading had the most representation from the um, the Football League at the tournament, which just goes to show we are a huge club. I mean, we all knew it, but now everyone knows it. I mean, every time that Reading would get a mention on the on the commentary, I'd be straight onto Twitter going like, oh, Reading FC have been, have been mentioned again. Like, it's, it's insane. I mean, Junior Hoyler, who, you know, looked like one of Canada's better players in, in the games I watched, mm. um, the only person who made more tackles than him in the tournament so far is Jude Bellingham. <laughs> Which is insane. <laughs> Which is insane. So, um, shout out to you, Junior Hoylet. Um, you see, you seem to have a good time out there in Qatar. Uh, were there any other rules that caught your eye? And I know that Baba Raman managed to get an assist, which is you know good going by his um, usual mm. standards. So, yeah, it was very hard for Loom to catch your eye. Sat on the bench in every single match. <laughs> uh, I was very impressed with Saeed Asatalawi. I thought yes. he uh, was the one that got away. Uh, was decent in his five-game spell for Reading, and he, he looked very competent in um, their win against Iran's win. Was it win? Did they beat Wales? They beat Wales. I, yeah, I watched in, that in game at 10am. I watched that game at 10am in a Welsh brewery. 
it was like it, it was like a wake. It was just full of so, so many sad Welsh people. But um, yeah, I agree. Like as a Talai looked amazing. There's there was that like recurring meme that I think um, Math has tried to bring back several times. Where oh, we should try and bring bring as a Talai back because he's um, he's got so many Instagram followers that it'd like <laughs> increase the profile of the club. And if that were true, then we should never have let Ali Al Habsi go as well. Or, or Masika. Yes, indeed. Ayub Masika, <laughs> yeah, the whole of Kenya like yeah. was a Reading fan at that point in time. Yeah, but it's it's been good. I mean, it just does kind of um, make you realise, you know, watching the World Cup, just how many weird and wonderful royal connections we've got. Um, it just seemed to be every single game we'd get a mention. I'm thinking, shit, you know, like there are worse clubs to support. But um, back to the bread and butter of the league. Um, it's like you say, you've had a bit of time off. You were down at Bearwood today with Paul Ince, the man of the moment himself. And um, it's it's a bit strange knowing that the internationals are back now in training. Um, so, you know, your likes of... Um, of uh, who, who arrived back today? Remind me. Hoylet um, and um, Babber have been back. Loom that's right. Back tomorrow, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, the fact that, you know, it's almost like normal service resuming now. And, you know, we're back to the, like, the, the usual, like, mundane updates about injuries which are dime a dozen and um there is however in amongst all of the routine stuff like you know who's back and who isn't one little juicy morsel which you managed to pick up on today James about a certain uh Ovijaria who's had a quiet season by his own you know already low standards um <laughs> can you tell us more about what's happened there we don't know a lot do we no 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 one knows well obviously the club know but no uh it was mentioned, I think Jonathan brought up the question about um, sort of because Ajaria we noticed wasn't at Tenerife. So, you know, something we just presumed it, another injury. Um, but no, it said that it's been a disciplinary and a lack of respect uh, issue, which mm. uh, the lack of respect one for me is a bit of a sort of kick in the teeth. I mean, there's one thing, maybe turning up late or, you know, maybe staying out an extra hour for a drink when you shouldn't do, but the lack of respect one for, you know, for your teammates is a bit of a, you know, you can't really get away with, with that and... Um, yeah, he was he was banned from going to Tenerife, uh, and he's he's been told that he's not going to be involved on Saturday. So whatever it is, I'm sure it will come out in you know in in, in time. Um, whatever it is, it must be relatively serious, or must have irked Paul Ince for whatever reason, or maybe even the teammates. Maybe even his teammates had said, "Look, you know, you've got to draw the line." I mean, one interesting thing he did say was that when he came in, um, he said that the players were running amok and they, you know there was no control, and the players could get away with what they wanted. And that's the first thing he wanted to crack down on. So it's, you know, it's obviously been an issue with some players for some time and maybe this happened to be the last straw. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's the thing that you've, you know, hit the nail on the head with is, you know, with, with Ince, one thing you are guaranteed is discipline. And mm. in one way, even though it is disappointing to, you know, see this story about Ajari emerge, it's good, you know, from the fans perspective, at least that, you know, it's, it's, you know, he's not been allowed to take the piss. And, mm. you know, we, we're only speculating. We don't know exactly what's going on. And, you know, to all the other players over in over in um, Tenerife, it's hopefully sent a message. And um, as well, I know that Ince wanted to go abroad when he came in last season. But obviously, you know, the, the, the trip had been mm. um, sort of sorted out like over here, like before his arrival. But it's, you know, good to get off to some, some warmer weather because it will be here before you know it, even though at the time of recording, it's uh, currently... Three degrees in Cardiff. Um, sunnier times are around the corner, and mm. you know. Well, he did say in January he was going to be looking at where to book. Yeah, um, 
provide it, you know, well, even if he's not here, he has to be the one that has to, you know, book it. You know, who knows what happens between now and the end of the season. But come January, they'll start looking at pre-season plans. And, I mean, the whole St George's thing twins with having nine try this. It didn't didn't create a sort of melting pot for bonding and, and team no. cohesion. So uh, it's good that they've had a chance to do that, even if it is three or four months into the campaign. Yeah, and with the slimmer squad that we've got this season, you know, any sort of team bonding is going to be mm. really important. And, you know, hopefully they can just go at it again. And, you know, in terms of the personnel we're likely to have, for Saturday's game against Coventry. Did we mention that, by the way? We are previewing the Coventry game. You know, It's not just like us having like a catch-up down the pub. And, um, Joe Lumley, um, bit of a surprise package. You brought in this summer and everyone thought, oh, you know, he's going to be a point of ridicule. Being one of our most solid performers on the whole, he's um, fortunately fit for Saturday. Um, McIntyre, on the other hand, is more of a 50-50. I mean, do you reckon mm. he's going to be missed, James, if he doesn't make the uh, I think if they can get away with not playing him, they will. I think yeah. I think they, they've learned with, sort of as the season's gone on about sort of not rushing players back. And if they do need that extra game, it's, it's probably more worth just giving them the extra game than, than bringing them back and then breaking down again. I mean, the amount of players we've seen that have come back and within two or three games are out again, you think, well, you know, for the I mean, Hutchinson was a prime example. He came back for the Watford game. And now he's, he's still not going to be back for for t- um, t- uh, Saturday. And we saw him as we were leaving Bearwood and he had a protective boot on. So I don't know how long that one will be, but probably a couple of weeks, I'd imagine. I mean, he was walking fine. He wasn't limping, but he still had the boot on. It might, might just be for sort of precaution. Uh, Liam Moore, they reckon now mid- middle, middle of January. Um, Saar, they are hopeful for um, Birmingham. But yeah. again, that one could easily be pushed back. Uh, Scott Dan will be involved on Monday with the 23s. As he begins his uh, recovery back, I think they've earmarked two or three twenty-threes games for him to get some minutes. Uh, so I, I don't think we'll see him in the first team before Christmas. Um, mm. But hopefully for the FA Cup game, I think a lot will mark on the FA Cup game. I think we'll see a lot of players sort of back. It was like a quick-fire buffet smorgasbord of centre-back injury news. That wasn't <laughs> it? You know, like Morse, uh, like uh, uh, yeah, Dan. It's a, it's a right mixed bag, but I mean, it does make you realise that, you know, I, I know we joke about the injuries we have, but it's all the more important that we went into the break, getting that win against Hull and going in mm. on somewhat of a high. I mean, there was our version of going in on a high and winning our last game before the break. Coventry took that to another level entirely. Uh, our opponents for the weekend uh, not only won four of their last four league games going into the, the winter break, they also didn't concede a goal in those four games, uh, winning 1-0 against Blackburn, 1-0 against Watford, 2-0 against Wigan, and then 2-0 against QPR. So um, safe to say that they're in pretty handy form. Um, one man in particular, James, that you wanted to earmark was um, somebody whose name I'm now going to butcher, uh, Jokeres. Um, yeah. he's, he's class. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he scored in every one of those four games, I think, or at least he scored in the last few games. I mean, you know, it's, it's a who's who's of uh, Premier League and sort of championship challenges as to who, who were after him. I know Burnley are one for sure, but they, you know, quite rightly put a, a big old price tag on him. And he impressed, I think he got, he got double figures last season. So, mm. you know, he's been an impressive player for a number of seasons and it's uh, be interesting to see what happens in January. They've got a good number of like young 
decent championship standard players, Coventry. I mean, when we lost 3-2 to Coventry in that season under Paunovic, I, I don't want to bring it up, but I'm going to. Um, a player then that I thought was really impressive and, you know, he's, he's had an equally impressive campaign this time around is old Gustavo Harmer, who I'm always mm. surprised to learn is Dutch. Yeah. Um, he's scored four, assisted one this season. Uh, really good pass completion. Always putting himself around. He's... Um, He's a big bundle of energy in the middle of the, well, the big The big one's um, Callum O'Hare as well. Obviously, mm. the, the, the sort of number 10 sort of attacking midfielder. He's coming back from injury and uh, ex-Aston Villa youth player. He'll be a, a real sort of menace. And then you've got, um, no, yeah, Callum O'Hare. He's the main one. Yeah, I mean, Callum O'Hare is great. I'm looking down the, the list. Uh, my uh, football manager 2020 legend, uh, Ben Sheaf. <laughs> formerly of Doncaster, is uh, currently on their book. So he's had a good season as well. So, I mean, we'll, we'll get the lowdown on the commentary lot like properly from mm. um, the lads over at uh, Sky Blues Fans TV, which is coming up in, in just a little bit. But they've, they've certainly got some players. And going into the game, James, I mean, what are we thinking? Because, I mean, we are at home. And, you know, other than the odd major wobble this season, you know, home has been a happy place to go for most Reading fans. Are we thinking we're going to pick up where we left off with a win? It's going to be tough, isn't it? It's going to be impossible to judge. I mean, you know, we've just had four weeks off. Um, yeah. It's practically the beginning of a new season again. So, you know, they might be a bit rusty. Um, I'd imagine Coventry are going to come out. You know, they got a bit between their teeth. Obviously, they're in form. They'll probably want to prove people wrong with all the off-field shenanigans that have been going on around Coventry. Mm. You know, they, they've got something they want to prove. Um, I mean, they, they've been top half pretty much every season since they've been up. You know, they were always in a false position with all their home games being moved and having three or four games in, in hand. So, you know, it's not a surprise to see them where they are. And, no. you know, they were only immediately above us, I think, or, or, or below us. So, either, you know, we're, we're close in the league. So it should be a good game. Um, I think it's just about who gets the first goal. If we get the first goal, we tend to be all right, especially yeah. at home. If we concede first, then... Uh, could be a bit of a difficult afternoon, I think. Yeah, I mean, like you've again spot on with all the off-field stuff with Coventry because it's as someone who very briefly was at university in the deep dark Midlands, you know, they've always kind of got as more going on off the pitch than your mm. average club. I mean, it, just when they thought they might have had some sort of like solidity with being back at the Rico, I think it's not it's not the Rico anymore. It's uh, Coventry Co- Building Society. That's I mean. right. Yeah, an equally soulless uh, sponsor. Yeah. They're not quite as soulless as the select car leasing um, stadium, but uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, it, the fact that Mike Ashley, you know, pro- it's the time of the year for pantomime villains, and Mike <laughs> Ashley is a pantomime villain. The fact that his Fraser Group has served them with an eviction notice mm. for for no other reasons other than what can can be seen as pettiness, um, mm. you know, it's obviously an unwelcome distraction for them heading into the game, but. But equally, it might well just just galvanise them. And like you say, it's unprecedented times. We've never had a mid-season mm. winter break in England. It's all it's, it's a big cliche, but it's all just about what version of Reading rocks up on the mm. weekend. Co- Coventry have been a basket case of a club for the last five, six years. And they've managed mm. to go from League Two to the brink of the playoffs. So yeah. <laughs> twice of which they were playing in, in a city that wasn't their own. So, you know, they, they know how to deal with with off-field stuff and they're now to park it. They're now to go out on the field and play. And it's a good thing about having someone like Mark Robbins stay throughout. I mean, he's been there five years now. He's taken them up from the fourth tier up to, you know, now they're, they're quite often playoff challenges. So to yeah. the brink of, of the Premier League, you know, they, 
they're very good on the field and they know how to sort of not bother with with the off the field stuff. So yeah. that's kind of the perfect storm, really. Yeah, I mean they. The, the, I, I'm rattling out all the cliches today. I can tell it's, it's been a while since I was on, but you know they they can give anyone a game. They literally can, mm. and they've got a sprinkling of quality all across the pitch. Uh, funnily enough, my first ever media work experience was at Coventry. Um, I watched Matthew Monse play for Walsall <laughs> in the world's worst nil-nil draw. It was Coventry v Walsall in League Two. Um, always thought that their press setup, by the way, at Coventry is is one of the better ones that I've seen. Like, it's, it's one that wouldn't really look out of place in the Premier League, you know, as of, like, this was 2016. So it, it might be horribly <laughs> dilapidated since then. You never know. But, and also, side note, just before we close off, big fan of Coventry's kits this season. Mm-hmm. I think the um, I think the away kit, or I think might be the third kit, is based on, like, the Coventry Cathedral somehow. Mm-hmm. And, like, the home kit is, like, a remake of one of their old... And they like, always um, have um, two-tone... Obviously, the scar music and yeah. the specials coming from Coventry, and and that's another insult to injury. They've they've lost Hummel from doing. Oh, they haven't, have they? Hummel yeah, class from, from next year. So when it rains, they're, it they're, they're just as gutted about being evicted from their stadium as they are at losing all of this sort of iconic, sort of a bit like us with um, Macron, Puma. where they, uh, yeah, where not actually, the... Macron have actually put effort into. You know, making yeah. our kits a bit different the last couple yeah. of years, and, and the less said about Puma, the better. I mean, boy. yeah, I mean, but... there's only so much you can do with blue and white hoops, but mm-hmm. you know, Macron have managed to make them a bit spicy, and the Hummel have made light, you know, sky blue look quite attractive, and they've gone to town on the away kits, so you know that's going to be just as hard to take as uh, no stadium. I like a spicy football kit. You know, I'm, I'm not I'm not one of these purists, you know, I just like the, the wavier and, and weirder the better, you know, give me African violet any day of the week. Uh, on the subject of wavy kits, time to talk about our sponsors because they're still sponsoring us. We're at the halfway point of the season. Phantom Brewing Co. down in RG1 have a, you, you might well have missed it. I'm sorry, I'm bearer of bad news. Um, they've just sold out of the second set of uh, limited edition Reading FC themed cans of beer uh, i don't know if you've seen these james but one i've, I've on our... got mine in the kitchen oh there you packs. go <laughs> you haven't got you haven't got time to run to the fridge but um you i can i'm gonna flash them up here i mean just to jog your memory but yeah. i mean the talking of wavy kits that 91 92 away kit a bit before our time but jesus christ what an ab- it's it's a glorious abomination it's is <laughs> <laughs> all i can say you know with i think that one's on sponsor. Uh... 442 magazine this month is the uh, random kit of the month. Is it? Yeah. Uh, honestly, I love it. It's just so out there. Ma- Macron, if you're listening, more of this, please. You know, take inspiration. But shout out to Phantom Brewing Co. for uh, lavishing us in time for Christmas with all these one- wonderful royal-themed tinnies. And um, if you want 10% off your order over there, you can put in EPR10 at checkout for a tasty 10% off your basket. And uh, with that... I'm going to love you and leave you, James. It's been a pleasure having you on. We we genuinely we haven't spoken to each other in weeks because of this this bloody World Cup. So it's a, a nice to nice to see your face and hear your voice again. You too, Jacob. I'm sure we'll see each other more frequently. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be knocking around Reading in time for the festive period. I probably owe you Good. a drink or two, so yeah, I'll uh, I'll see you there. And uh, if you reach this halfway point of the podcast uh, after the break. We're going to be hearing from Miles over at Sky Blue Fan TV, and uh, he's going to give us all the lowdown on our opposition ahead of Saturday. 
So stay tuned for that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back after the break to those of you that have made it so far. If you have made it to the halfway point, you've got a treat now. We've got Miles on from Sky Blue Fans TV. Be sure to give them a follow on Twitter. It is at Sky Blue Fans TV, I'm led to believe. And, um, for all of your Coventry news, views and all the rest, you can you can go there and it's a nice little repository. And as far as Coventry news, it's not been in short supply at the moment for all the wrong reasons. I mean, from I was saying to James um, earlier on that I, I used to live up in Coventry. I was very briefly at, at the University of Warwick before I dropped out. And um, back then in League Two, there was all sorts of shenanigans and the, the shenanigans don't seem to stop, do they, Miles? No, well, thanks for having us on, Jacob. Um, great pleasure. Thanks for inviting us. No, you're very uh, welcome. Yeah. <laughs> it's just been, um, what can I say? Uh, start of the season, no pitch, had to play away uh, every fortnight. Uh, couldn't get a rhythm going. And then um, our landlord's wasps uh, going into administration and being kicked out the uh, rugby league. Uh, and then... The part of the club that owned the stadium uh, a couple of weeks ago went into administration and then the lovely Mike Ashley bought no. the ground at a very, very discounted price. And Monday we were handed, well, Friday last week, we were handed an eviction notice, which mm. the fans didn't know until Monday morning from third party uh, broadcast on the radio, BBC, CWR, on the television on BBC and ITV Central. So, yeah. Only just a little bit it. then. Yeah, it's, um, <laughs> I mean, you've you've got to laugh because it is just such a car crash. And, it hasn't you know, finished through, there. It doesn't yeah. finish there, Jacob. Yeah, well, I've, we've, I've, lost, we were told, we've lost our shop. That's right. Yeah, I heard shop. about this. Yeah, <laughs> we haven't got a shop. So there's no money coming in through kit sales and we've lost the Hummel deal. Yeah, the best no. kits we've had for years, we've mm. lost the Hummel deal. <laughs> well, see, I, I'd completely missed the Hummel news until um, James Earnshaw told us about five minutes ago because I made some real offhand remark. You know, look at me saying nice things about Coventry City. I said, oh, those Coventry kits, they're class, you know, very, very jealous. And James said, you know, they've just lost the contract, Jacob. I was like, oh, you're joking. And it's just insult to injury, really, isn't it? Because it's, um, you know, they say when it rains, it pours. And it's certainly pouring because, you know, football-wise, things were looking pretty rosy before the break. I mean, you'd won four on the trot. Jokeresh in amazing form. Hardly, well, you hadn't conceded a goal across those those four wins. And it's it just goes to show it's, it's just all the off-pitch stuff and, you know, Mark Robbins surely is doing an amazing job to keep the points coming in amidst that background, isn't he, Miles? Oh, it's just, I mean, Mark Robbins um, <laughs> is an angel, to be honest with you, to put up with what he's having to put up with. I don't know how he does it, because I know I would have been gone ages mm. ago. 
But um, yeah, you're talking about the run. It all started from basically um, Cardiff, to be honest with you. Um, we went down there, got a nice little result, and we just went on a good run from there. And I think from the Cardiff game all the way through uh, till the break, I think we conceded something like two goals. It, it was something daft. Um, so, and then we, you know, we got the the uh, wins under our belts going into the international break, and it's just put us in a very comfortable position. You know, we're um, two points off the playoffs with two games in hand, but probably the international break came at the wrong time for us. Um, but I will say the players are in fantastic spirit. Um, friend of mine, uh, Ken, who comes on our channel. Uh, we went out to Marbella last week and met the players, stopped, stopped in their hotel with them and, um, you know, sitting around and just chatting to them and, and walking around the streets and we're bumping into them and they stood there talking to us and they're all in a real, real good buoyant mood. A couple, mm. couple have got injured while they're out there uh, in training, but um, other than that, um, they, they seem quite happy. Um, but uh, going on to Mark Robbins, how on earth he hasn't walked, I don't know. I, I think if this doesn't get sorted out by next Saturday um, and someone comes in for him, I I, I believe it'll go. I, yeah. I can't see him putting up with it anymore. I, can't, yeah. I, I just can't see it. Um, and, and the worrying thing for me is that if he goes, I don't know who would come in and put up with what he's had to put up with. Yeah. Because to be honest with you, I don't think you or I would put up with it at our place of work if this was happening, mm. um, and we'd go and find another job. So I, I just think he's just a—he's got. A, I mean, I didn't really know much of Jimmy Hill era, but this this guy's the best manager I've seen in forty years of following the club. So you know, it's it's he's absolutely brilliant. Not just him, his backroom staff, AD Vidash, um, Dennis Lawrence—they've they've just. We haven't got a big budget and we have just, he they just managed to get the best out of these players. Yeah. I mean, Victor Jokerez, um, two seasons ago, he was on loan at Swansea for the first six months of the season. Didn't do anything. He was on the bench. We signed him in the January and we've turned him into a player that's probably worth 15, 20 million pounds yeah. in, 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 in 18 months. Mm. You know, that's what work those guys are doing. And it's just phenomenal, to be honest with you. Absolutely phenomenal. It's the dream ticket, really, because, you know, you in a manager, you want someone who can improve the players he's got and can, can instill like this scrappy attitude, which Coventry have always had when Reading have played them in recent years. We always know it's going to be a, a tough game. You inflicted uh, the first loss of the season on us in that season when we finished seventh. I mean, you beat us 3-2 and... I think Gustavo Harmer had a brilliant game that day. And, you know, the, the mm. fact that Mark Robbins gets the best out of people on a shoestring budget and also you have got the stability of you know, having the same man in charge for it's about five years now, isn't it? You know, five Kane, years, yeah. 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 It's, um, it is the dream. And it, that's what makes it such a shame, the fact that, I mean, God forbid, Touchwood, if you were to lose him, it's impossible shoes for a successor to fill. And especially when... You know, we mentioned the players that you guys have got in form at the moment. I mean, we've, yeah. we've said Harmer. Obviously, Jokoresh is, is going to have suitors in January. I mean, there's murmurings that Burnley might be in for him. And and also, like, uh, Callum O'Hare as well has just been a revelation for you guys too. I mean, does it worry you, the fact that January's around the corner and the way things are off the pitch? I mean, God forbid, are you going to have to cash in? Two, two weeks ago, I would have said... 
I wouldn't be worried because um, we're waiting for an approval on a new owner. Um, and he said that he wouldn't sell in January. But anyone can say they're not going to sell in January because if someone comes in for a price and, it, it you know, we paid a million pounds for Victor. We got O'Hare for free. We got Aimer for 1.5 million. We got Ben Sheaf for 750,000. So if someone came in for one of them players and offered you 10, 15 million, in a business mind, it'd be daft not to take that deal. Yeah. But ideally, we don't want to lose them because we're building something. Mm. We, we've, it, I remember a comment on Sky um, last season. I, I think it was when we were playing Fulham and, you know, I mean, we beat Fulham twice last season and with the budget we had in there, but one of their players on 150 grand a week. So, um, you know, it was a massive achievement to do that. But I heard a comment on Sky and, and uh, one of the commentators said that you could see it's a team that's been together for th three seasons or yeah. two or three seasons. We, we've we've built a team from League Two. That's what Robbins has done. And we had to lose Dom Hoyam in the summer because of the pitch. We had mm. to sell Dom Hoyam at a reduced price to pay for the loss of earnings from the home games and to pay for the pitch. And yeah. it's come out today that uh, Wasps, debts. 90 million or something. Yeah. Yeah. 90 million, but £435,000 owed to Coventry City because yeah. we paid for the pitch. So I do worry because of the situation we're in. Two weeks ago, I wasn't worried because if the new owner gets approved and we did sell someone, you could probably see that that owner would invest that money back into the team. If Sinsu is still in charge and we haven't got the, it hasn't been authorised by the EFL about the new owner, Doug King, then if they sell the player, they'll sell him at a reduced price to, to, to keep the club going and Sisu won't reinvest that money. Yeah. That's how I see it. It's just, it's the uncertainty as well, is yeah. it's a killer. Yeah. You know, I mean, when running fans have been in that position in the past, it's really, really difficult to keep your eyes glued on the on pitch because you know that you know as much as you'd like to have the separation there and as well as you're doing you're always kind of thinking you know where's this thing in the tail here mm -hmm. and um you know looking ahead to the weekend as well we were saying on the first half of the pod how given how unprecedented it is to have had a break we've got no idea either team Reading fans or Coventry fans what version of our teams are going to turn up on the weekend because <laughs> you know Reading have had three players off in Qatar playing for their respective nations and you know Coventry like you said about the break coming at the wrong time for you guys because you'd built up a real head of steam Reading on the other hand were were quite grateful for the break because as well as being in pretty bad form we'd had a slew of injuries and we've only just got maybe three of our centre-backs back into training mm. and a few of them are touch and go but surely if you're if you pull ins who, by the way, was very flattering. As, as a man who isn't really into the mind games, Paul Lintz was very flattering about Victor Jokoresh in his press conference today. He said that he's one of the best strikers in England and he includes the Premier League in that. And we were like, wow. steady on, Paul. I know. Wow. <laughs> Full of praise. Uh, so oh, if, wow. if, if, if you're Paul Lintz or Mark Robbins, you're looking at this fixture thinking, OK, we want to start off again on the right foot. And mm. I think that's what makes it such a tantalising fixture and just... How do you see it going? Because you've always given us a tough game recently and I don't see that changing now. I don't think there's going to be a lot of goals in it. I mean, what, what are you thinking? Like, it, it, win, draw, loss? Well, I, as I say, the, the, the current form before we went into this, we probably were going to... 
I'd probably say that we'll probably win it. Um, but maybe I, I don't normally sit on the fence. I didn't sit on the fence Monday night, but as the week's gone on and all the trouble that's gone on, it's just sort of just got to my head a little bit. I mean, I'm just so gutted at the moment. But um, yeah. I'll, I'll probably sit on the fence and say it'd be a draw um, mm. at the weekend. And, um, you know, it'd be honours even. I mean, I know you guys last season, I remember coming to your ground last season. I mean, you went through the run of the mill last year, didn't you? You know, you had transfer embargoes and all sorts going on. And I was talking to fans outside the ground and they were saying, like, after the game, when we beat you, they were, oh, we're going down, we're going down. I said, you won't go down. Because what I've seen on the pitch that day, you could see that you weren't a team that would go down. And you had a fantastic start as well this season, didn't you? I mean, you were, yeah. you were at the top. You know, well, but I, I, I think it'd be honours even, to be honest with you. I think, like you say, a few players have been out on international duty. Mm. And, um, well, Victor hasn't trained for two weeks because he's had two weeks off because he went away with Sweden for two weeks. So, yeah, so I think that'd be slightly different as well. And we've got a couple yeah. of injuries. So, yeah. Well, from a running perspective, running fans are hoping that Victor's uh, indulged himself on plenty of, like, cans of curling and, uh, like, plenty of cake and... And all the rest, but like he's he's probably going to be come back and want to pick up where he left off, and it's um it's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough. I mean, Paul Ince in particular has just been saying this week we've had a couple of disciplinary issues in the camp, and you know you mentioned our good start, Miles. Yeah, I think a lot of that was down to the fact that Paul Ince has kind of brought it back to basics this season, and right. you know we having been in the torrid position we were in last year, where you know we thought we were going down and. And, um, you know, with the embargo hanging over our heads and all the rest, even when we were doing well at the start of the season, we weren't really getting carried away. And neither was Paul Lindsay was saying, oh, you know, still got to get to 50 points or whatever it is. And I think that's kind of just how we're going to treat it on the weekend. We just got to kind of get to the end of the season now. And even though you guys found yourself in a bit of a false position for a while, you know, with all the matches you had called mm. off for reasons beyond your control... The fact that you guys have got, like you say, two games in hand, two points off the playoffs, you're going to be bang up for it. So I'm going to stick my neck on the line and say, oh, it's going to be a high scoring two all draw. How about that? After me saying there weren't going to be any goals in it, I've changed my mind like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you, you'll be delighted to know as well, I never get one of these right. I'm, I'm terrible. <laughs> I, I would make a shit pundit. Um, I suppose on that note, then I've, all that's left to do is thank you for coming on, Miles. Because no problem. It's it's we we do you know send our best because I know I've got to say that, but at the same time, Coventry are a club that you know you look at all the shit you've got to put up with, and it's it's just never ending. And just a bit of respite, a bit of clarity, and a bit of hope, and you know hope yeah. you hope you get through the rest of the season unscathed. Yeah, well, th thank you so much for having me on. Can I just can I just say to your fans as well? Um, I'll be outside the ground on Saturday, uh, video and, and getting some interviews. If anyone wants to come and find me, I'll be hovering around if they want to come and have a little chat and, um, you know, come on our channel and we can have a little chat about the game if they want to come and join me. So just look out for me. Uh, you'll see me, a little microphone and someone on the camera and we'll be walking around the ground and uh, get some of you on if you want to come and join us. There you go. That's an offer you can't refuse to those of you at home listening. You've got, you've got to hunt hunt down Miles. First one to hunt down Miles and, and send photographic evidence to Elm Park Royals 
we'll get, I don't know, a free beer or something. Right, uh, and one, yeah, <laughs> one of these days as well, like Paul and the gang are, are going to like whip out a tribal and, something and film something, but we haven't got that far yet. So, yeah. But uh, thanks again to Sky Blue Fans TV and Miles no for coming on this latest edition of the Elm Park Rollers preview podcast. It's good to be back. I know the World Cup's still on, but you know, that you can't beat good old fashioned championship football. And with that, I'm going to love you and leave you. This has been Jacob Southcline, Elm Park Royals. Cheerio for now.